Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation, everybody. This is One Man's Opinion. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody, for downloading, subscribing, liking, favoriting, commenting. Even the guy that keeps commenting that, like, I have no genitalia and everything. Like, even you, I love you, sir. God bless each and every one of you. We like to get the word out. We want to spread the word. We want to have a lot of fun on this program. So thank you guys for doing all of that and supporting this show. This is episode 179, if you could believe that. Thank you for that. My name is, in case you're stumbling in, my name is Jeff Mance. You will find my work over, I host a little show called Elite Sports on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time on that network. Also Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame show with the great Bob Harris, some part owner, chief content officer of fantasyguru.com. That's the place to be. We are the largest active community of fantasy sports players in the world, everybody. It's a good time. Come on in. And as you'll hear today, we are not just football. I know I talk a lot of football. I spent time in the spring and summer talking baseball. We still, I'm watching the Diamondbacks game as we record this, believe it or not. And by now they're either in the world series or they lost the game in the eighth inning. Whatever happens, who knows all sports. That's what we do at fantasy guru. And today we're going to talk a little basketball, baby dolls. That's right. The NBA season is here. We've got the, Best basketball coverage in the world. I do believe that, ladies. Oh, maybe Charles Barkley. Maybe the insiders do a pretty damn good job, too. But we're second. If at all possible, we are second. FantasyGuru.com, the MVP package available. Radio 20, discount code for you. It's already discounted 30%. You add the Radio 20, it's 50% because you get 20% off of that. So, boom, get that MVP package. You get everything basketball, including college basketball. You also get everything NHL. You also get PGA, MMA, uh, the NASCAR package, soccer with our guy, Ani Sridhar. Just an amazing value, everybody. And if you already are a member of fantasyguru.com, just give us a little email, support at fantasyguru.com, and boom, Ted Schuster will take care of you, making sure whatever you've paid toward football package, you get upgraded to the VIP Platinum. That, you get all my data. You get all the football offense lines, defense lines, wide receivers, coverages, all the stuff we'll add for NBA season as well. You don't have to worry about any of that because you'll have carte blanche, everybody. So get over to fantasyguru.com. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Did you think I was going to do an NBA preview show by myself? Duh. Uh, uh. I'm not by myself today. This isn't just one man's opinion. I bring in the best. My guy, Justin Fensterman, ladies and gentlemen, my NBA dreamboat right here for us, helping us preview the NBA. Justin joins me on One Man's Opinion. Fensty, good to have you, my dude. Jimmy, it's good to be with you. (laughs) (laughs) I had to, to, man. I had to. That's pretty much how we met, me calling you Jimmy. It's so great, isn't it? Oh, we have to tell that story. We have so many stories to tell. For those that don't know, me and Justin Fensterman have worked together for on and off for decades, and we've always been there, and Fensy's always been there for me. 
personally, professionally as well. And now we finally get to unite. I can't wait to tell that story to people um, how bad I've tried to get Justin Fenceman over to fantasyguru.com to be our NBA guy. Selma, he kept rejecting me. He was like my wife, but I broke him. I break everybody down. Just like all of you who hate me. I am eventually going to get you somehow, some way. But uh, Fensty, how how is everything? How is everything going? Now, we are recording this just so everybody's aware. Day one of NBA, there's games going on, Nuggets and Lakers, and then the Suns are playing uh, the Golden State Warriors, the Chris Paul revenge game, all of that. So that's where we're at. But we're going to preview the season for folks on the NBA level, and we'll talk some football as well, Fensty. Absolutely. And, and so far, so good, Jeff. You were hitting bets that you put out there. Man, I thought it was Christmas or something. I saw Jeff Manns putting <laughs> bets in the NBA betting section. I'm like, wait a minute. I've made time warp to December already. Is football almost over already? So congratulations. You were able to hit some bets. I actually took advantage of the DraftKings boost in that Lakers Nuggets game. I don't recommend doing it, but for the first few weeks of the season, they normally make them, I don't want to say easier, betting's not easy, but make them more capable of coming through. Jokic and LeBron to both score 20. It was a sweat. Absolutely it was. And that's because LeBron's minutes, especially were very streamlined, played about 29. And Coach Ham after the game apparently said, you could be seeing a lot of 29-minute outings from LeBron James, which wagerers don't want to hear, Jeff, because we want minutes are currency in the NBA with NBA betting. Need our players on the floor. We need more than 29 minutes to bet those props on LeBron, how high they'll be. And and Fenstee's taught me a lot about the NBA fantasy game. I I was an NBA fan. For those who don't know also, we're going to get into this, Fenstee was my producer at SiriusXM for years as well. You know, a couple times he ditched me when I was just a lowly weekend guy and he he was moving on up, but eventually we became uh a, a synonymous. He was the he guy before Phil Backert, who everybody knows now. We all love Phil Backert desperately for sure. But Justin was the guy for those who have been longtime elite sports followers and listeners as well. I do want to mention this is an uncensored podcast. So you may hear myself and maybe even Justin. I usually get the guests at some point, this cursor says something. Here's how it works. I'm going to say the naughty words. So no kids around, sensitive ears. You guys got to put that down. Put your AirPods in. Put your noise-canceling headphones on or whatever. I'm going to say words like fuck, and I'll say fuck it, shit fuck a lot. Like I say those words a lot. And also, it's not just the curse words. I will talk. I will take a giant steaming dump on your favorite politician. And I'll talk about religion and I'll talk, you know, we're just going to talk like people talk. I don't mean any offense to it. You guys know how it is. Justin, no, I should ask Justin, can I talk about, can I say fuck Justin? Can I do that? Well, Jeff, you just did twice so far in the last minute. So, <laughs> <laughs> love I love that bit we do on the radio, man. That, that was the best of all time. That's it? another story we'll, we'll have to tell as we mosey along here. Absolutely. So follow Justin Fenceman at Fenstee Sports on the Twitter machine. And uh, we'll dive right in here, everybody. So, like, just so you know, Justin's our our brand new NBA analyst over at FantasyGuru.com, right? And Justin's really sort of leading the charge, if you will, for our basketball product henceforth going forward. And I'm super excited for that. Always a fan of his work. We've worked together before. But, um, Justin, I want to get everybody – let's introduce everybody who may not know Justin Fenceman. A little background on you, my friend, and how, you know, how did we get the uh, 
the prime NBA specimen uh, that you are today? Well, Jeff, again, I'm so excited and so happy to be on this podcast. Finally, I mean, for I think I told you, I was like, I've been waiting five years for this invite <laughs> because of our long history we have together in radio, like you've outlined, also working together at other places. But pretty much, Jeff, I've wanted to be in sports my entire life. I loved sports from I feel like since day one my my family big sports fans big New York sports fans also some South Florida sports fandom in my family as well and we were all just very into it so from a very young age I was watching games with my father every night especially during the NBA season which we loved best and was that your was your basketball your dad's favorite too I would say so. Yes. He also loves football. He's a long suffering Jets fan like you, but he actually was alive when the Jets won Super Bowl three. Oh, nice. Yeah. And yeah. And I'll never see the Jets win a Super Bowl. <laughs> right. So at of least, course not. At least he got to see it. So <laughs> but yeah, basketball's always been his number one sport. He was an athlete. He was a college tennis player, varsity tennis player in high school, nice. then got to play it in college at my alma mater, American University in Washington, D.C. So he did that for a few years. But He's always loved the NBA, huge Knicks fan. I'm a huge Knicks fan. I don't really like to admit that, except now it's actually cool to be a Knicks fan. So, Jeff, the one thing, though, I realized when I was young was that a lot of my peers in school, I wasn't as good athletically. Now, how do you think of it? You're five years old, and how are you able to separate that? I watched a lot of basketball, and I could just tell that I didn't have those skills, especially on the dribbling front. So instead of thinking, oh, I could be the next Michael Jordan, like a lot of five-year-olds did, I was one of the rare ones that's like, I want to be the next Marv Albert without the biting. Yes. You know, that was always my dream. Without the biting. And I love that, Jeff. I used to watch these NBA games, and I'd be studying these broadcasters like Marv Albert and Mike Breen. And then as I started getting older and showed interest in, wanting to be a sports broadcaster because I've wanted to be one since I was five. When my dad would have his friends over to watch games, he'd mute the game and I do the play by play myself. Oh, so wow. it gave me a lot of experience of off the cuff. You're up, you know, lights on cameras rolling. Let's go in front of people. And getting that kind of exposure was perfect practice because my parents didn't enter me into those Mr. Cheese. It's teen broadcaster <laughs> of the year kind of contest so I didn't have that but I've always wanted to be a sports broadcaster when my friends would play GoldenEye on Nintendo 64 I would broadcast them you would narrate it you were doing your own Twitch stream before it even existed yeah it'd be like oh look Bond's got he's got the golden gun there (laughs) it is with the rocket launcher and facility (laughs) that's amazing it's so funny and I mean, you and I bonded almost immediately when I got to Sirius XM, you know, back in the day over that exact same premise. And that's the thing that bond, I love so much hearing those stories, because I think it touches a lot of people. I'm sure it identifies a lot of you out there as well. Like, you know, we all have dreams of being professional athletes. And then we realize, like, we're not going to be tall enough, strong enough, fast enough whatever smart enough, you know, who, whatever shortcomings we may have, but we still want to be in and around it. And I think that's one of the reasons Justin that fantasy sports took on so much. Cause we all get to be like, we don't get to do it necessarily, but we get to complain about others doing it, which is almost as good, right? Like our run faster, break a tackle. Come on. Yeah. We get to tell them to do all the things we can't do. 
Oh, a thousand percent. And in high school, I mean, I, I've been playing fantasy sports since I want to say the year was it night. It was either 99 or 2000. I started on this website called Small World. That's wow. no longer in existence, Jeff. I, I always forget if you've ever heard of Small World or not. I, I, I know Small Wonder with the robot. I always found like <laughs> I was like her age, too. So it was appropriate. I was well, always like, oh, she looks so high. A little bit different than that. <laughs> okay, Maybe a like different. a $65 million cap and it oh. allotted a certain dollar amount for players. And oh, let's nice. just say Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan would be worth $15 million of your budget to have him on the team. And the budgets would adjust. And with your league mates, you can have the same players on your team. You're all operating under the same budget. So if my league mate wanted Tim Duncan, I wanted Tim Duncan, that was allowed, but it just had to fit within the budget. So it really gave me that sense of, wow, general managers have to deal with this as well, budgeting the team and figuring out where they can spend, where they can. And that's where I started. And then it just grew and grew. And before you know it, in 03, I'm now in high school. And while a lot of other people, normal people are dating, I've got 12 fantasy NBA <laughs> teams with one of them in the top 25 in the world oh, back nice. in 2003, which was great. But wow. I love fantasy sports. And that's why, Jeff, when fantasy sports radio, which we'll get to, came into existence, I, I didn't feel like, oh, I want to be on this channel. I had to be part of this yeah. because I love fantasy sports, man. Man, that that is fantastic. 2003. I'm trying to think. Like, I'm sure you know Spurs back then. Like, who was your main guy back in 03? I mean, Tim Tim Duncan is my favorite player of all time, and yeah. to me, the best power forward who ever played the game, Mister Fundamental. No one knew how to use the backboard as well as Tim Duncan did. And so, ooh, Scotty Pippen very... may have something to say about that. He okay. He did pre... <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah. fair. But here's the thing. Tim Duncan, one of the things I loved about Tim Duncan was mm -hmm. he wasn't loud. He wasn't obnoxious. Yes. He wasn't trying to get the attention to himself. And I wanted to handle myself like that without having to be, look at me, look at me, but still being able to take care of business. And that's exactly what Tim Duncan did. Fascinating to me because like I, I've told the story a lot. My first fantasy sport, my first fantasy sport was football. My second was hockey. And then I think it was baseball third, but I was playing probably around the same time. I don't, was that when like Sean Marion was great? Like would, you know, uh, was that around that area, the early 2000s or was that yeah, the early 2000s, Sean Marion on the Suns at the time? Yes. Yes. Yep. yep okay. Those. So like that era, I was playing then too. I loved him because that was the first time I experienced a player really filling up the stat sheet as they say. Right. Like a young Garnett, a Sean Marion. The, these guys just contributed in all categories. And uh, I love fantasy basketball. I love the NBA back then. And as I've, I've told Fancy many times, it really it I, I had realizations in all sports around that era, that mid 2000s, right around. I got involved in fantasy sports is that I realized like, oh, shit, like Priest Holmes isn't any good. He just has the greatest offensive line. Oh, shit. Oh, all my baseball stars are, yeah, they're hulking superstars, but they're all fucking on roids. You know, they're all that. Oh, the NBA is unbelievable. And yeah, you know, I'm fresh off the Jordan era and everything. Oh, when you're at home, they just give you all the fouls and that's free point. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck the referees control the NBA. And then it came out with the Donaghy stuff. And as Fenstey knows, like, I love the game of basketball but I fucking hated the NBA for a year for almost like a decade. 
and it really hasn't been till recently. And I, you know, I credit my son with it, get me back and Fensty, my adopted son, Justin Fence for me, because Fancy always talked to me about it. And I, I do love, like, I love how passionate you are about basketball. I love when somebody's really into something like it's not fake. They're not doing it just because, uh, you know, or for a job or whatever. I love when somebody's like passionate. I don't even care. I could talk to anybody about anything. My trust me, I have two adult daughters now. They've had plenty of boyfriends that come over and I talk to them about fucking I, I I mean they have random musical. One guy was way into Connie, so I talked all about Connie. Another guy, you know what I mean? Like I just like when people are passionate about something, you know, Fensty. Absolutely. It's very real. By the way, Kanye West College Dropout, his first album is one of my favorite hip hop albums of all time. Those first three were great and then kind of went down after that. But not a but 808s and reason. Heartbreaks was like the last one I could listen to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I wow, 808s and Heartbreaks. I believe that was the fourth album after graduation, I believe it was. So Boy, yeah, I, I mean, but those first few albums were great. Then they kind of got weird. But that's a thing, Jeff. You said it. Passion. And yeah. that's why I think you and I worked so well together because we're both, we don't just half-ass it. We go all in on whatever we do yeah. because there's a certain expectation that we have for ourselves and forget about what our employers or our bosses may think. <laughs> yeah. We have these expectations of ourselves. And that's why when someone says, oh, you know, I'm not going to try as hard. I'm not programmed like that. When right. I'm committed to something, I'm all in. I can't just say, you know what? I'm going to just sit back and not work as hard. That that has never been part of me and who I am. And Jeff, I'll say this. I grew up with learning disabilities. And back in the 90s, before everything became the sensitivity factor became yeah. higher and everything, I was meeting with those doctors to try to get an IEP for when I was growing up. I had reading comprehension issues, yeah. surprisingly speech issues and all of that. I, I had it, but when you're sitting there at five years old in a room with some doctor, some quack who's telling your parents that you're only going to amount to making 85% right on tests in math or being a B student, that sat with me, Jeff. And I had enough awareness at the time where I've never forgotten that. And I've always had a chip on my shoulder. And that's why even entering the cutthroat business that we've entered, yeah. Part of my half of my motivation has always been to wanting to be happy and to do exactly what I feel like I was put on this God's green earth to do, but to also prove people wrong. And that's been a big part of my motivation, Jeff. And that's my thing. I just I don't let anyone stop me from doing what I want to do. Man, I, I love that so much. My third grade teacher tried to put me in special ed. Now my mom, as you know, she was a special ed bus driver. So I would ride the bus with special ed kids all the time. And yeah, I get made fun of all the time, but I didn't, I never, like, it wasn't a thing to me. Like I didn't know, like who gives a shit? Like I never, I always really valued the time I got to hang out with those kids on those buses. Cause I remember, uh, you know, wheelchair girl, um, uh, Jenny, I can't remember. I wouldn't say her last name anyway, but maybe a tape of John Fogarty, like a tape, a cassette, you know what I mean? Like it was just some of the best times I've had. And yeah, my third grade teacher tried to put me in special because I was a terror. I still am a terrible artist. Like I can't draw for, I cannot fucking draw anything. I put a belly button on a stick figure and she thought like I was mentally challenged. And it's, and so I had to test, they literally made me take a battery test. My mom really went to bat for me at that point too. And she said, he is not wrong with him. All right. He's a lazy fuck. 
that probably he's probably a lazy fuck. My mom would tell it like it is. And uh, but he's you know, he's fine. You just need to challenge him more and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's uh, it was a different era with us. It sticks with you, man. It sticks with you. And for anyone out there, don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do something because you can do whatever you want. And yeah, if you have these big dreams, like you want to win a billion dollars, I mean, I'm talking about achieving attainable goals. Right. And when someone tells me that I can't do something, I'm going to do everything in my power. My focus shifts immediately to wanting to prove that person wrong. Yeah. And I totally agree with that. It's like, I'm not a sensitive person where I'm going to, Oh, I don't like that. And I don't get offended by stuff. Cause I, I, you know, somebody's an asshole, they're an asshole, no big deal. Um, my brother is, you know, mentally and physically handicapped. My brother's a dwarf and he's now 62 years old. And, you know, they said his life expectancy was 30 years old max, you know? And so for, since my parents both passed away, I've been his primary custodian and guardian and, you know, but he lives on his own. You know, and he he worked a job in the parts department for an auto dealership for 30 years. And yeah, it it bothers me when people think you're right. The limits you put on yourself are only from you. The world, you can break through anything. Don't let anybody tell you that. I think that Justin just hit a great topic right there. Just don't ever let somebody tell you what your limits are. Push your limits. And guess what? Fail. Please, for the love of God, fail. Failing is beautiful failing is wonderful because you know okay i can't go that far cool i will stay in here you know you don't know how far you can go until you fail you go the distance and whenever it is that you stop you'll be surprised how much longer you can go than you would all give yourself credit for so i think that's some great advice right there friends i wish i could say that about myself in the bedroom (laughs) (laughs) right yeah i mean we all have our shortcomings literally and uh, you know let's listen (laughs) <laughs> There's nothing else. What do, what do we call it? Uh, uh, pro, what do you call it all the time? Fence oh, chalk give, play? Being yeah, a chalk play? A chalk play. Always <laughs> meant you are getting lucky tonight. That was our code word on, on the radio for years and years. All from Justin. Speaking of the radio, let's talk about that. So you sure. mentioned it. You and I had very similar feelings. Sirius XM decided. And it was like I was in the industry at this time in like 2005. And nobody, I was a piece of shit. Nobody knew me. I, I was dumb. I, I didn't do good content. You know, I just, I was finding my way. And then right around 2008, 2009, I started podcasting and, and things were pretty decent. I did really successful podcasts for that day and age and everything. And then there was all these rumblings for like a year and a half, Fensty. Sirius is going to do a channel. Sirius is going to do, oh, they're going to do a channel. They're going to do a channel. Dude, you have to test out. You got to send in your tape. Everybody on blog talk radio, me and Lenny Melnick and Tony Sankata, we're all like, how the fuck we get out? How do we get out? Everybody's like, we're all trying to do it, like to get on Sirius XM. And then it did. It happened. And credit Matt Deutsch, our former program director at the station with that, because you know he wrote him and Steve Cohen pushed that thing forward, got it on the air. I didn't make the cut at the at that time, but you did. You were there right from the Jump Street, right, Justin? Yep. You launched yep. the channel back in 2010. Talk a little bit about that experience, what that was like from you on the producer side. Sure. So when just to bring everybody up to speed, you know, I went to college in D.C., and that was at the headquarters of XM Satellite Radio before they merged with Sirius. I actually, Jeff, interned with XM when it was just XM back in 2008. 
And when the market crashed in the winter of 08 and everybody, especially in our industry, was losing their jobs, there were no open jobs. And even graduation was almost like a funeral in a way because yeah. no one in my class really got a full-time job. And I got, because I had interned there and I applied to be an update anchor, which I had no experience to be an update <laughs> anchor. So I had been offered a part-time job for the baseball channel, MLB Network Radio. So this was in 09. So I was part-time at Sirius XM for about a year at this point. Now we entered 2010 and you like, you're hearing the rumblings. I'm hearing the rumblings that jobs are going to start opening up. The Sirius XM stock is at about 25 cents at this point. And while I'm on the baseball channel and I'm hearing that full-time jobs are opening up, I'm finding out that they're not opening up on the baseball channel, which is where I want it to be. But Two new channels were launching, and I got this info before a lot of other people did. My mentor at the time was really tapped in, and he filled me in on any information that he found out. One of the channels was an all-sport college sports channel, and then the other one was an all-sport fantasy sports channel. And when I heard about this, I when I heard about this channel, I had to get on this channel. The problem is, at the time, Matt Deutsch, he was at the Sirius building in New York, the company was merged, but they had two different headquarters for the same company. They had a DC office, which I was primarily in. And then they had the New York office, which Matt Deutsch was in. Now the channel was going to be run out of DC. Problem is he didn't know who I was at the time. So I had to get to know him. So when I was introduced to him, I was part-time. So I had the flexibility of working on channels. I worked on shows pre-launch. Like I was working with Jeff Erickson and Chris Liss on yeah. channel 345 yes. at three o'clock in the afternoon, just producing a, a demo show on a random channel pre-launch. And then Jeff, when the channel launched in July of 2010, I was still part-time. I was going from the baseball studio producing the shows right up till the minute the drive was starting Fanball fantasy drive with yes. Kyle Elfrink, Ray flowers, Kay Adams. Yes. I-, I was working on both channels for the first couple of months. And I actually then became the channels first full-time hire when I got promoted to being a full-time producer in August of 2010. That's amazing. And yeah, so I'll never forget my experience, you know, getting shut out obviously at that point and like, all right, you know, I, I didn't have any contacts. I, I didn't network. I didn't know anybody. Right. I was just doing work and everything. And right around that time I had gotten together with a guy from fantasy alarm. Well, he, he hadn't launched it yet, but he had an idea for the service, Al Williams. And, you know, we were kicking around and talking about, you know, merging our company as I was leaving the place I was at with uh, fantasy alarm, which we eventually did, of course, but, I'll never forget hearing that station. And I was like, holy shit, this is what I was meant to do. This is just it. Like, like you as a kid, Fenstein, I got a story. I've told them on the podcast before me calling the 2003 world's uh, all-star game. Uh, I did a radio demo there and like, I got a crowd around me because they had you call an inning play by play and something. My nephew was with me. He, my nephew, Mike, shout out, Mike knows he will, uh, he will attest to, he'll text me when he hears this probably in a couple of days and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And I, you know, did a really good job, you know, and it was like, I just knew this is what I wanted to be and do. And it's, it's honestly to this day, it's really an honor to be able to do it. It's the, and 
I've personally, I've had a lot of offers. I've had people come try out here. I tested for pilots for fantasy shows and game shows and shit. And I used to go to them over the last probably five years. I haven't done anything. I don't want to do anything else. Like this is what I want. I like the podcast. I like broadcasting, but I fucking love this channel. That's Sirius XM. I love it. I love what we do. I love the history. I love that you, you know, it meant so much to you getting that job, Fensty. And I met some of my best friends like Ray Flowers and Kyle L. Frank on that channel. Launches the career of Kay Adams into outer space. And while others get crazy jealous of Kay, I'm like, I fucking love that she made it so big. I love it. It's so good. You know, right. she's living her dream and fantasy sports allowed her to live her dream. How fucking great is that, right? Fence no, it, it's great. And look, and Kay has the gift of gab and we saw it very early on when she came into the show. And look, Jeff, I'll, I'll admit it right here. I was jealous of Kay because oh, yeah. fantasy sports radio, which was different than the other sports channels at Sirius XM, Matt Deutsch had the open mic policy and he let producers be a little bit more part of the shows mm -hmm. than the other channels and for me jeff even though i was producing and now a full-time producer i still always wanted to be on the air and i yeah. always thought that there was somehow some way there was going to become a path that was going to form that i can eventually make it on the air at sirius xm but i thought because i was working primarily with kyle and ray when the channel first launched I thought I was going to be that third voice, especially for basketball. But A, Kyle brought in Kay Adams, and B, Kyle's brother Corey Elfrink was working yes. at Roto Info Solutions at the time. Right. So I had no, I was blocked. I had no way of getting on the air. And yeah. Kyle, which was smart of him, because you know, Jeff, you and I have mentioned this. We both went to the Kyle Elfrink School of Broadcasting to absolutely. Some and yes. what Kyle did was he's like, look, I know that there's an open mic policy. You don't use that open mic policy unless I ask you a question. Did I get offended back then? Of course I did. I'm 23 years old. I'm <laughs> under the gun. I'm trying to become the best producer so I can eventually be on the air. But now all these years later, I understand why he did it because you don't want these shows sounding like a chopped Caesar salad with yeah. voices coming from everywhere. Ooh, I love Caesar salad. And I love Caesar salad too, but not on my radio. I love yes. it Yes. You know, that's the thing. And so now all these years later, and I've talked to Kyle about it, I understand it now. And I had to earn Kyle and Ray's respect in order to carve out that airtime. But yeah, I, I love what Kay Adams has done with her career. I mean, I would say, Jeff, when it comes to mainstream success, she's so got to be if there's Matthew Berry and then really there's her. Right. As far as fantasy, like right. size of it. Absolutely. She's broken through the fantasy thing. You know, she's one of the best and hosting people magazine and stuff like that. I, I love it. And I, I want to tap into something else that you said, because I think this is important. It's important for business owners out there. And if you're starting your small business or you're, you're, you're I don't care if you're a janitor or uh, or EVP executive vice president somewhere. What Justin just said is this, and I'll tell Justin something I don't know if I've ever told him, right? Like there were times that you, you have just, I knew from the time he and I started working together on elite sports that he was producing me. I knew Justin wanted to be on air. That was his absolute primary goal. And I loved it. Like as I, you know, I am different how I run my show compared to Kyle or other people. I, I love the interaction and, and chop it up, but to an extent, of course, you know, we all have our things and, and all that. And 
what makes Justin a great host now, because he wasn't back then, and not, and it wasn't like he couldn't care. He's fundamentally more sound than I ever was and will ever be in my life. But what made him so good is that he knows every fucking step of this job. He knows the producer side inside out. He knows what they have to do, what they go through. He knows what the hosts have to do. He knows what's expected. It makes you better. I, so I, I, you know, for us here at fantasy guru uh, on my website and stuff and the owner and a lot of time people always tell me, especially cause I'm a, such a fucking hothead. I can never get need therapy, man. I need therapy, but I, I get, I run hot, Justin. I don't know if you know this about me. I run a little hot sometimes. No, you You're, come on. Thank you. See, well, well played, <laughs> but, uh, and I, but if the, and people are like, just, why do you do that? You don't have to do that. If I don't do it, then I, I don't want to ever lose touch with what, the customer experiences, what people writing letters, posting, writing notes, writing recap articles, writing whatever, broadcasting this, uploading your own sound, sound, you know, chopping up that sound. I don't ever want to get to a point where I don't know how to do that, those jobs, because if I do, then I'm going to not value those people that work with me, for me, whatever we want to say, right? I won't understand it as much. It's very important that I know those things. Right. And that is, I think that makes you a better leader, manager, and whatnot. And in, in broadcasting, quite frankly, I really just shake my head at the folks that are in, that would be in my chair. And everybody, you know, a lot of people want my chair, but they don't know what it takes at all. Like they have no idea all the, all the shit shoveling that you have to do before that mic goes hot. And so when I see a guy like Fensty, Work his way out, grind it out, take every opportunity ever, know everything about the producer side. That's why, and I'll tell you the stories in a little bit about, I knew I got to get fenced to, I got to work with Fensty one way, shape or form. I want, when I want to endorse an NBA product, this is the guy I want leading. And, but Fensty, talk a little bit about that, how being a producer for so long. And I knew that was your, you wanted to be on air the whole fucking time. Yep. No question about it, but, and I know it's still probably a little raw for you, but aren't you better off for the time served? Aren't you a better broadcaster than you would have been if they just dumped you an opportunity at 23? thousand percent, a thousand percent. And I just actually ran seminars months, a few months ago for Sirius XM for potential producers that want to become broadcasters. And I said this exact statement multiple times. Every single broadcaster should know what goes into the production of their show. You knew it, Jeff. You understood it. Other hosts that I worked with didn't. Howard Bender, who was very into theater, he understood it, those extra details because of his theater background. And that's knowing everything that you have to work with and knowing how to shape radio, how to expand it how to get the ears of your listeners, how to get them to not change the channel, which is the hardest part yes. of being a Sirius XM host. Why? Music channels are free. You can get yeah. you, song one after the other after the other. You hear Nina Blackwood for five seconds, boom, <laughs> next 80s hit. Here I go again, White Snake. And for me, knowing every little detail has allowed me to be a little bit of a chameleon. Some days I can come in really hot, very energized, all aggressive. Other times we have more of a pensive kind of conversation, everything from the speed 
to the tone and finding my voice. And Jeff, I wouldn't have nearly half the skills that I do if I didn't have that producing experience. And I get asked that all the time. If you could do it all over again, and you had an opportunity to go out to random town, you know, Iowa, would you do it for a few years and move up organically every year and a half? I mean, would I do it for the experience? Yes. Do I regret how things went and how I spent a decade producing and watching guys like you listening to all the other hosts that have come and gone at Sirius XM? I don't regret that one single second. I love it. And again, it just makes you better at the job. And I mean, we all want to be the lead singer. We all want to be the CEO, right? But we don't want to do all the work that everybody else does. And I think I, I somebody asked me recently about my Dutch bros infatuation, right? And the story of Dutch bros is my favorite coffee place, Fancy, that I go to every single yep. day. And I, I mean, I love it. it. It's about more. It's that the owners there are dead dead ass serious about what they do about coffee and drinks and, and the consumer experience. And it was brothers. And then one of the brothers passed away of ALS, which is a sad story. And the brother uh, keeps running just an amazing story. And it's a guy and that guy goes and works in a shop every year, every year he goes and works in a shop somewhere around. You'll never, you never know where he pops up. He was in Arizona, like two years after I moved here or something. And he would work in the shop. He wants to know what, the experiences on every level. I think it's just amazing in that as well. Um, so you get to Sirius XM, you're producing, you make full time. So what shows were you producing? What were the first show? Was it because were you on Kyle and Ray right off the bat or who was day the first one. show? Day, day one. one. Yep, you went Tuesday, Rob Tuesday. Rob Tuesday wasn't on day one. Rob Tuesday at the time, I don't think became executive producer until a few weeks into the channel. Okay. So out of anyone that really still works or is a, is connected to Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, I'm the grizzled veteran, which is yeah. very cool, Jeff, because for the first four years, four to five years of the channel, I was the baby. I was right. the youngest. Mm -hmm. You know, there were a lot of people who were at least two to three years older than me. Most of the staff was, which was very interesting. And now all these years later, really, I'm the final channel original that's still with Sirius XM fantasy sports radio. And like you, Jeff, I mean, I take a lot of pride into the channel. This channel has gone through a lot and this channel is very important to Sirius XM. We're often the highest channel when it comes to revenue, especially yeah. during fantasy football and the other channels can think what they want. We make an impact when it comes to the sports department, we might not be breaking news, but Jeff, I'll say this and I love hosting and I'll host shows everywhere, but hosting a show on fantasy sports radio very different than hosting a show on NBA radio, which I just did. Very different yeah. pace. We're throwing stats back and forth at each other where NBA radio, we're talking about the overarching conversation of who's going to win the championship. Hosting on this channel is very difficult because people need their stats. People need their angles. People need their edges, even if they try to create it in their mind. And that's why fantasy sports radio, another reason, Jeff, why it's so special. And yeah, I worked with, Kyle Elfrick, Ray Flowers, Kay Adams. I worked with them. And then Monday through Friday, I worked with Nathan Zagura. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, the fancy consultant. Yeah. I remember that one, uh, Ashton Kutcher. I met Nathan yep. at an Ashton Kutcher event like in 2010 uh, when he did a draft and everything else. That was one of those things. But favorite, favorite lesser known show 
that you worked or or, the, or that was on on Sirius XM. I love talking about you about this. Okay, so I'm going to give you a show. Okay, yeah. it was called Football Nation, but oh, okay. Football Nation, I don't know if you remember it, it was half college and half NFL. And during the call, it was with Bill Enright, who's now at SI, and Todd DeVries. And Todd DeVries used to have this site, collegefootballgeek.com. Yes. I love Todd DeVries. Like, Jeff, yeah. you talk about how passionate we are about yeah. being in this space. Todd DeVries, who still hits me up time to time, whenever he sees that I'm on, he'll always message me afterwards and is like, I can't believe, look at you talking Sixers. He, he's his passion for college football. No one else had that for college football at the time. And I loved working with hosts who were passionate about being on the air, passionate about the sports. I gelled and connected with them instantly. And he was also creative. So we did Big Man on campus where I had all these rants from press conferences from college football coaches and college basketball coaches. And I'd play the funny sounders and everything like that. And we had football nation 10 commandments on how to play fantasy football in college and you know this javon paris voice the commandment number one know thy scoring system the he javon texted me today not kidding you right in the middle that's how much i mean i love our crew from the station and man such good people that i've met there and javon paris my god if there's a better person i really don't know if there is but he texted me during the show today when I, I was on, he's just randomly about my top five. He does that from time to time. I hear I from just, him too every love few that. weeks, I'd say. It is just uh, just amazing. I love that one very much. So then Fenty's working there a while. He's a made man. So like I get in there late 2010, early 2011, and right. I'm kicking around and nobody, I don't, I'm just a guy, right? And like Fenty won't talk to me there's no way he doesn't even want to think he doesn't know what he fucking part-time bullshit no, I start... actually that's uh, let me stop you right there oh, 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 oh. okay just that's just not me <laughs> it's let me just tell you this yeah with you and i'll just tell this story quickly because i yeah. called you jimmy and everything like that when when i was in studio at the time working with kyle and ray when our program director matt deutsch said hey we have a new show starting up called fantasy alarm it's going to be on the mm-hmm. weekends they have two hosts jeff manns ryan hallam arrange it so both of them can make an appearance with kyle and ray and i go and i'm in studio doing a million things but i'm checking with them what times i'm making sure the times work for the two days and i go okay jim you can come on thursday ryan you can come on the show on friday and deutsch just literally sends back replies all sends back an email it's jeff Jimmy. So, so then it became a bit. And when we wished each other happy birthday on our Facebook wall, yeah. I'll never forget this. You wrote to me, happy birthday, Bill. And that <laughs> yes. became our bit. Yes. <laughs> but yes. I loved you, Jeff, because oh, you, I was jealous because look, I, I loved working on the weekends because I worked the shift before you. I worked the mm-hmm. midday shift. Drew yes. Phelps worked right after me. So I worked like football nation. I was telling you were with Matt camp and Joe Dolan during the football season. And then I worked Craig Mish's show, Jeff Rickards, baseball show. You guys would come on right after that. And I'd be on my way home listening to you guys, the amount of craziness and fun you had on that weekend show. I said, I need to work with this guy at some point. And the segments you used to do because with Craig, with Jeff, 
it was a pretty straight laced show, very content centric. We had live action going on at the time, keeping track of that with you. You had all these creative segments and that was the thing with me back then, especially throughout my producing, I could make rejoins. I love thinking of creative out of the box segments. And you guys were doing that right from the start. And you guys were having fun and you guys were laughing and Drew was all over the show, popping his mic every five seconds. And, you know, it was just fun. And I remember hearing you and I said, wow, I got to be able to work with this guy <laughs> at some point in the future. Wow. Well, you're the only one because nobody I was I started out and we were just a uh, and yeah. So for those who don't know, I was I started Fantasy Alarm. Um, it was a company before I was there, but it wasn't, we didn't have a service or nothing at that point. And I worked for fantasy alarm for six years and I was very, you know, I owe everything to Al Williams and Dan Williams and those guys for really helping launch me, my career and getting us on Sirius XM and, and all those opportunities as well. And so we hosted that show and yeah, we were a baseball only show for those who follow my career. I was seen as a baseball only guy. Not I no football privileges whatsoever because football was the high country. You're not allowed in football, son. And I had to write a big passionate letter to the program director, Matt Deutsch, at that point, asking for a football opportunity and trying to prove myself and everything else. And he gave me an opportunity. I think it was like midnight on Sunday nights at that point on the recap day, which is a big deal to be on Sundays. As Justin knows, who hosts with Michael Fabiano Sunday mornings as well. Uh, that's a big deal, right? Fancy to be on the game day. That, that's well, dude, it's where Sunday we morning be. during game days is the best radio real estate you can have in sports, in my opinion. I agree with you 100%. So uh, it, it's just an amazing thing. So I was just a part-time guy and really worked up. So when did we, when did I finally, was it the FanDuel Daily? So Show. it was before that. It was before it was, that. So when, okay. you know, I used to run, I used to operate on a Wednesday through Sunday schedule. And there was at one point, I always forget if it's 2012 or 2013, you had a one night a week show from 8 to 10 p.m. I want to say it was a Wednesday night show and you and Ted and I produced that for the few months that it was on. So that was our first time working together. We got into a little bit of trouble with the bosses. <laughs> There's not even like ticky tack stuff. You know, it's yeah. talking about talking about sex toys. I mean, come on. Yeah. Reads about sex toys. So we were playing off the read and, but we were having a lot of fun with it when we had such a great time. But then I think it was, I want to say 2014 when you finally got the opportunity to host afternoons and Monday through Friday. And as soon as you went into that slot, which I believe was left behind by Nathan Zagura. Zagura. Yeah, Nathan Nathan right. getting hired by the Cleveland Browns was the best break I ever got. Right. So you took over, and that's when you and I, you know, it's funny because I had two different experiences because I was working with John Hansen for the first few hours. And with John, you know how John is. Again, John, yeah. passionate about what he does. He's, you know, but more of a straight-laced host to yep. all of a sudden you come <laughs> on with the monologue and it was always yeah. very fiery and passionate. It was like you're turning it up to 11. And that's when we started working together. And shortly after that, a few months later, you actually hired me at Fantasy Alarm to be their fantasy basketball guy. Yep. So this is like a full circle thing, Jeff, because at the time – I would had written for KFFL.com, which mm -hmm. doesn't exist anymore. Right. And 
I was out of a writing job because they merged with USA Today and they were going full DFS. You presented me an opportunity to do season long content for fantasy basketball at Fantasy Alarm. And I signed on to do it, man. So I got to thank you because, you know, I had spent nine years working for Fantasy Alarm, which I loved. And you were the one that hired me at Fantasy Alarm. (laughs) This is true. I appreciate that. And like we said, man. It was uh, a hell of a ride. What do you, let's talk about any favorite stories. Were you, first of all, were you on the call? I always feel like you were when uh, I got fired or they, the, you take your Howard Stern bullshit somewhere else. You were on that call, right? I don't think I was on the call, but. You just heard about it? Yes. And I, I probably just heard about it from you, but look, Jeff. I, you know, and then this is not me blowing smoke up your butt or anything like that, but I think you're a fantastic host. You've always been such a great talent. That's why I love working with you. That's why when it came to, because there have been times because things change in radio quickly. I had an opportunity at one point, I'm sure no one knows this. I had an opportunity to move to mornings and I didn't want to. And a big reason why was because I loved working with you and I believed in you and I still believe in you and your show and how you run your show. And yes, did I have to take a little bit of the brunt at times? Why, let's just say, why isn't Jeff breaking at this time? Of course yes. I did, but you know, Jeff, I believed in you. And at the end of the day, I knew we were doing great radio. I knew we were yeah. separating ourselves. And while I was a little bit nervous of maybe not getting promoted at times, or my boss is looking at me a different way, or you can't handle your host, a point was reached, Jeff, where I was like, well, you guys can't handle or you won't change him. So you obviously love what Jeff is doing. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I loved working, whether it was Fantasy Alarm or Elite Sports, and I was working with you during that transition as well. I love working with you, man. And that's why one day, one of my goals is to, even if it's one time, to be able to host a show with you. Oh, I'm sure we are going to get that opportunity. Let's let's just kick Ted off now. I mean, fuck Ted. Let's just kick him off. (laughs) Jump on Tuesdays and Fridays. Ted doesn't give a shit. He's like, yeah, whatever, bro. I don't give a shit. Uh, That was one of my favorite. The Howard Stern bullshit almost got fired there. And then, yeah, we used to do the bit of, oh, fancy. I always used to ask for Justin's permission. Can I say that? And Justin would always be like, you just just did. did. You (laughs) just did, Jeff. You just did. Any other... Any other store favorite story of working together on that on the Elite Sports Show? I mean, when there was one time when you had Corey Parson on and you guys were arguing about Danny Woodhead of all things. <laughs> oh and yeah. You just you just scream out. You scream out. <laughs> Danny Woodhead is a five foot five white guy. <laughs> I was in studio with Phil. We look at each other, me and Phil Backer. I put my hand out towards the studio phone and I go five, four, three, two, boom, <laughs> phone rings. It's the boss. What's Jeff doing? And this and that, that was definitely one of the funniest ones. The other funny one, Jeff was when we had the FanDuel daily show, which by the way, we won an award for, which yeah. I think is, is still hysterical too. Out of all the shows <laughs> yeah. we won it for FanDuel daily. That's I'll so never good. forget when the FanDuel partnership ended because Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio had an exclusive FanDuel partnership. We can only talk about FanDuel, none of the other sites. So the day the partnership dissolved, Jeff starts the show with DraftKings, 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 Fantasy Aces, <laughs> Fantasy Aces, Fantasy Aces. Uh, and I I couldn't stop 
crying laughing oh. the entire show. We battled. So we were Pat McAfee and Kay Adams before anybody. We we're the first one that Vandal right. sponsored. Like that's, I take a lot of pride in that too. And, but it was a different partnership and a different group. That was torture. They were really asinine. Like just let us do a great show. A great show will promote the product. I think that's what they did with Kay and with the, uh, obviously with McAfee, who's now at ESPN. They realized that as FanDuel grew, but with us, it was everyday meetings, everyday criticizing, everyday something. And it just, it was fucking exhausting. It just really was exhausting to listen to. But uh, yeah, those were some fun times. And we always had to, we always, uh, I always got into trouble. The break times is something, you know, I'm still in trouble to this day. I always do breaks differently. (laughs) I just, I am. I mean, the new program director, Jacob is just, he's, much i mean matt was supportive that's the thing is i can't i believe me i wish i could say oh fucking steve cohen fuck me or no these people have been very very gracious to me and very accommodating despite i know you know you have to abide by rules you know you have to follow the rules and what they have to do i obviously believe in a different break structure and things like that than they do. And they've heard me out. I've pitched it. I've talked about it to everybody from Jason Dixon all the way up and they hear me. And then, you know, times it gets out of control and they have to slap me back in, but it's, I I wish I could say these fuckers keep riding me, but you know, number one, I do deserve it. (laughs) And, uh, um, but I think it makes great radio. And that's the thing about the fantasy channel. That's amazing is we are really, we do have the opportunity to make great radio, Justin. And that's right. That's something that isn't alive in many other places, especially some of those channels that have affiliations with NFL, MLB, all that stuff. You don't have the kind of freedoms that we enjoy on the fantasy side. And that's why I loved it so much, Jeff. And that's why I saw it as an opportunity for me because I knew that I brought something at the time unique back, even back when the channel first started, and that was basketball. While everybody under the sun was doing football, half of the analysts were doing baseball. I mean, there weren't many, and especially on our channel in 2010 and 2011, that did basketball and hardcore analysis for basketball. I know that Adam Ronis did it, but outside of that, I can't really think of many others on the channel, if any at all, that did it. So that gave me a little bit of an edge right there. And that's, you brought up Lenny Melnick and Tony Sincata before. I mean, those guys, I still, to this day, I make sure, I mean, I keep up with Lenny and Tony. I talk to every so often, once in a blue moon, but those guys, Jeff, used to bring me on weekend shows. And I took those interviews very seriously. Every weekend, they would bring me on and they would grace me by giving me that opportunity, that platform. And Jeff, I didn't just call in on the crappy, shitty cell phone with the cell phone reception. I used to drive into the studio and do those interviews there. Because A, I was trying to create a tape for myself, but B, I wanted to give these guys the best quality of interview. And that goes beyond content. That's also sound quality too. So they would bring me back. And that's how passionate I was. I wasn't scheduled to be producing any shows on the weekend at this time. I was now Monday through Friday producing, but every Saturday morning I woke up, drove the half an hour at the time to the studio and I did the interview from there. Then I'd go home. But Let me tell you, Jeff, and I never forget about these moments, the feeling I would get after doing those interviews and knowing just for that brief 15 minutes, I was a featured player on the air. It made my week. It literally 
I cherished every second that I could get, even being a guest on a show. That's how badly I wanted to be on the air. No question. And again, part of what makes you better, right? It just makes you better. So when Justin had the itch and he wanted to leave and I knew it behind the scenes, I'm like, oh, man, just don't do it. I kept begging you, just just keep producing, keep staying close. And yeah, we hired you a fantasy alarm and like, just keep going. But it got to a point where you just, the fire burned too, too much, right? Talk a little bit about making that. I think it's sure. one of the toughest decisions I've ever seen somebody make. And I give you immense credit for it and leaving the producing side and taking the leap of faith, if you will. Well, I mean, I'll say this, Jeff, to start my first ever show where I was the named host on Sirius XM was actually in part thanks to you because it was July 4th, 2012. You guys, you and Ted, last second, you realized a lot of the other hosts that day were calling out of their show for July 4th to be with their families. You guys decided to, and someone had convinced Matt Deutsch to allow a producer show to be on that night. So that was my first yeah. show in oh, yeah. your time slot at the time. It was actually July 4th. Everything was moved up a bit. For, so it was from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. It was me. Phil Backert was on the board. Jimmy the Greek, James Cooley-Dianos, Trevor Ray. I mean, we were all doing the baseball show together. And that was in thanks to you calling out because that opened up the opportunity. And then you and Ted called into the show <laughs> yes, we did. you guys were off it was the craziest thing you guys <laughs> called the hotline and we're like hey man i thought you're supposed to be off tonight <laughs> and you're like ah i'm listening so i had oh. to at least thank you for that so that was the first opportunity i got but what happened was jeff back in 2017 i had gone after because i had been hosting christmases for doing a one-hour nba yeah. show every christmas and i'd live for that i'd get my christmas show wouldn't be on the air for another 364 days until right. that day came back. After the one I did in 2016, I went to Matt and I said, look, people are very into basketball. I'm being interviewed constantly. Is there any way I can somehow, some way break through, get in on the weekends? And, you know, after talking about it with the higher ups, they gave me the weekend show and I was on 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. every Saturday for almost three years after that. And then Jeff, what happened was I realized that as I was starting to move up because I became the manager of fantasy sports radio, the number three guy on the channel behind Deutsch and Rob Tuze, right. I realized I didn't want to be an executive producer as much as I tried to talk myself into it. I just couldn't do it, man. Other opportunities on other channels were opening up and I didn't have the motivation to apply for them. I just didn't want to do that. I knew that I had worked this hard and I hadn't taken a risk yet in my broadcast career. And at times you, you got to be able to take a risk. I sat comfortably in the same place from when I, even before I graduated college at Sirius XM. So what happened was, and I talked to you about it and I talked to Howard Bender about it. Both of you guys who I was working with every single day about potential plans in 2019. And I muscled up the courage and I went to the higher ups at Sirius XM. I, literally told them I did not want to be an executive producer. And they asked me, I thought I was going to be shown the door. They asked me, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I've been on the air, you know, working these free shows on Saturdays to try to get more experience. And I feel like I've made an impact and I'm doing stuff for social media. That's brought in some attention and numbers. I want to be able to transition to being a host, which very few people have done. I think Jeff, the only people that yeah. 
really transitioned to being from being a producer to a full-fledged host in the history of Sirius XM Sports was was Dave LaGreca, who's on Busted Open. The, oh, you know, right, right. Show. I was I don't I was like, where I don't know any. Yeah, so Dave LaGreca was on bus was was on NFL radio, but then he came up with the whole idea for the fight channel, the wrestling show. Yeah, yeah. So now he's Mr. Wrestling. Mike Babchick, who look, Mike Babchick oh, was yeah, a Babchick. I forgot yeah. he was a producer. Yep. So he was a producer and he just was, you know, his host needed some support on the air. So he was on the air the entire show. And they, you know, he developed into a personality from that. And me, that's really all that's been able to really cross the line and transition from being a producer to a full-fledged titled host. The problem was, Jeff, that I they couldn't justify keeping me as a full-time salaried host when I'd be getting maybe one show a week or I'd be getting non-guaranteed amount of shows. And they tried to figure out a way for me to produce three days and then host two days. But Jeff, I've been around the block at the time in this industry <laughs> a decade. I knew that the second that a shortage of producers would come up, my hosting days would be over and that deal would be off the table. And I knew the only way I was going to make this work, I had to shed the manager title. I had to shed the producer title. And unfortunately that met in 2019, I had to shed my full-time salary. And I did the numbers with my wife who obviously works full-time. And we did the numbers on what I thought I'd be bringing in versus what I had been bringing in. And it was a major risk. A lot of people close to me told me not to do it, but I had this feeling inside of me that somehow, some way this was going to work out. So I gave up my full-time salary. I gave up my title positions at Sirius XM and I went all the way back down the ladder, started from ground one, from rung one, had one guaranteed show a week. And this is where Jeff, I have to give fantasy alarm credit because to in a way hedge because I knew I wasn't going to be getting so much work. You had left fantasy alarm. I yeah. went to fantasy alarm and asked them if I can have more responsibilities and get a little bit more scratch for it. And instead they came up with the idea that now that they had just hired Adam Ronis, they had me as well, who wanted to host you did so well. And this is the truth. You did so well late nights that they thought that I can bring back that energy what you had late nights they thought i can bring that back and they invested in me and they went to sirius xm and before you know it my midnight to 2 a.m eastern alarm after hour show was born so now i had my sirius xm contract as a sirius xm host but also through fantasy alarm i had this midnight show and dude i know it's midnights and everything you did those times oh yeah. you just want to be on the air it doesn't it. matter when. And midnights, you can get away with a lot more. You can have a lot more fun, more bits. You went through it all. You oh, ate yeah. a ghost pepper on the air one yeah. time. Yeah. So that's that's how it happened, Jeff. I sacrificed a lot. And again, I don't regret it a second. And I have to, you know, I just say, like, I thank you for hiring me at Fantasy Alarm. I also thank Fantasy Alarm, like they helped you out fantasy alarm helped me out in a big way in 2019 because jeff the pandemic happened four months after that yeah if i had waited any longer right. none of that would have happened you would have been stuck i would have been stuck and you'd have wondered like what the fuck and you think yeah and you could easily go what was me and you know the opportunity got screwed and all all that kind of stuff which is probably you know sort of true but it got screwed for everybody and you could have not you could have been stuck in a life that you didn't want to live, which ultimately is just the worst feeling 
that there is anyway, right? It just doesn't even matter. That's just one of the worst fucking feelings you that a person could even have. So, I mean, that's fascinating, man. And the story is great. And I'm really happy for you. And then I have tried to hire Fensty. I don't know. I I counted like eight times. Like I've gone to you and I said, you know, I don't want to overstep. I just want to make sure, you know, anytime we had an opening and when there was an NBA opportunity, because I always do, I'm like, I got to get this guy to lead my NBA coverage because it's like anything. I, I believe that you find passion. Hopefully people find my passion with football and baseball and, and sports I've covered over the past and say, you know, I want to get into this. It's kind of cool. You know, whatnot. Fensterman does the same thing for me. My son did the same thing for me. You know what I mean? Like it, it was, it's like, that's exciting in that you know I, I just get real excited about that opportunity and i get excited when other people are pumped up and my son has got me back into nba and basketball now but fensty was you know i was paying attention just so i can keep up and keep in conversations with him back in the day and i was watching the work he did and what he was doing and talking about and I just kept going to you like, I need to, I, oh, hey, man, can you come over? Can you come over? You think you could do it? I offered you a shit ton of money at one point and you turned me down flat because we didn't have any broadcasting opportunity because that's something I don't want to throw anybody else under the bus. But, you know, here at Fantasy Guru, we used to have different rules. There was a time where other people, no matter what anybody else tells you guys, never was me. I never restricted anybody for a fucking second but other people told everybody they had to cut their radio short when something some people got fired from Sirius XM and shit then it was like everybody's got to stop doing it nobody should be on XM nobody should be on FNTSY nobody should and it was very fucking uncomfortable so when I presented you with an offer for you know, pretty good money I think back in those days Fancy, but no broadcasting that was that, the problem, Jeff. That and was you always said the you turned me down you. flat, and I I can't tell you how fucking respected, how how much respect I have for that. I really yeah. can't because it's amazing. It shows what you really are about. What you what's yeah, man, and you, you knew I appreciated the offers. You always you always were so nice and respectful about it. And Jeff, I mean, I love working with you, and I'm so happy to be working with you now. And it was hard to turn it down, and it was hard to turn down that money considering how much I had left behind. And I remember one time specifically, and I was really thinking about it a couple of years before, but that was the thing, Jeff. I, you know, again, I, we all want to make a good living and everything, but to me, I want to be a millionaire in happiness dollars. That's what I yeah. always say to myself. And to me, <laughs> being dollars. on that air makes me the happiest every single time I'm on the air. I've been on the air after I've had friends, tragically pass away in, in a car accident that night I was on the air because I knew being with the audience would help soothe me even if it was just for a short time my cousin passed away from a drug overdose a few years ago and that night I was on the air because again being with the audience makes me outside of of course my wife and daughter being with the audience and being on the air it's my zenith it's the happiest that I could be and that's why Jeff, when I had to turn you down, I I didn't want to. I mean, and again, right. also working for Fantasy Alarm, it's not like I hated the job. I loved right. working with Fantasy Alarm and the staff too. But being on the air, Jeff, is why I'm here. It's why I'm here right now. And you, I knew, understood that. 
but I appreciated you being honest with me because you could have really dangled the money and not have told me the other side of it. Right. And then I say yes, and all of a sudden I have to cut off everything, and that wouldn't have been ideal. So again, I appreciated you for being honest with me, and then the rules changed, luckily. Yes. Fortunately, we moved onward and upward, and we're able to work together now, which is just super exciting. Man, I could talk to you forever and ever, but let's get into a little NBA while we got you, Fensty. It's exciting tonight. We're recording this on opening night. You guys are probably listening either before, during, or after the big Wednesday extravaganza. Just so everybody knows, I, I dangled some bets today. It looks like I'm going to go one and one most likely on those bets. But nevertheless, uh, a profitable start to you know, my foray into the uh, NBA betting. I got really into it last year. But I mean, and fancy and tell people, I was hitting you up last year. Like I needed information. And by the way, just to show you guys behind the scenes, I would ask for my son who plays basketball. He's on a club basketball team and stuff. I would go to Fensty for advice just on him playing and things like that. Right. Justin. I mean, I, I was hitting you up a lot last year to learn from you and to understand, you know, different mistakes I was making because I've been out of the game a long time and I'm an old man. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, right. Never- I was hitting, I was hitting you up. Yes. I mean, look, the big thing is in fundamentals in NBA and especially with kids. And I was a day camp counselor as well. So I knew, you know, working with kids as well, too much dribbling, the, yeah. the pass, the whole concept of passing for younger players. They don't un- fully understand how much multiple passes in a possession truly means and how openings form when you keep the ball moving around too many people, too many people and too many kids think they're Allen Iverson and that they're yeah. going to try to use about 5,000 minutes to try to get a good shot just to look cool and stuff like that. So it was cool, man, because again, I mean, I don't have, I don't have a, you know, an, an older child yet that's playing those kinds of organized intramural sports you do. So for a minute, it let me live through you. <laughs> and that was uh, and I appreciate it very much. So now we get to work together. So take me through this season, Fensty. Like, I, I, you know, I've already been asking you offline. All right. Who's this year's Sacramento Kings? Like who, who's the team? I'm going to write a team down. I'm going to do the old Lenny Melnick thing. I, this is what I think you're going to say. Cause I haven't, I have not asked you this question directly. Have I? No, you haven't. No, not. All right. So what team do you think is going to be the surprise team? of this year in the NBA and why I think the surprise team that you're going to see is, I mean, and I don't think that it's a huge surprise, but I think you're going to see the Oklahoma city thunder yeah, that's start it. to make waves. Yep. And, and it's a very popular answer, Jeff, because mm-hmm. here's the, here's the reason they have, I mean, Shea Gilgis Alexander is a stud, but yeah. he's not a tier one LeBron viewed type of player. So because of that, the thunder will still fly under the radar. Getting Chet Holmgren involved in the mix, who, by the way, if you are looking for rookie of the year odds, while Holmgren didn't play a single minute last year in regular season action, the fact that he was still with the team, learning how to play on a professional level, learning the skills, learning how to adjust, learning the play calls, he still has a little bit of a leg up, even on Victor Wembanyama. And it's going to be hard to get him away from winning rookie of the year. But that's what makes Chet Holmgren very intriguing. Nice floor stretching big man that is actually going to play like a big man as well. And that's something that the Thunder were missing, Jeff. And regarding SGA could stay healthy. I think this team's going to make waves. Do I see them going on a serious playoff run? 
I do. Do I see them ultimately winning the championship? No, I don't. I have other teams in mind for that, but that's a team that we're all going to be watching and rooting for. And I hope, I really do hope that they become the feel good story of the year. How, uh, who, who are the, I, the thunders who I wrote down just so you get it. Cause that, that is the popular answer and a good answer at that. Who is the team that's going to win the championship? Ultimately, I think it's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks or the Boston Celtics. I've been wavering back and forth on this and even going on interviews. I've been saying Milwaukee a lot, mainly because I think Giannis's life is going to be easier with Damian Lillard there now. Yeah, they get a little bit of a downgrade defensively on the perimeter, but at the same time, you need to have two guys around Damian Lillard. You can't have two guys around Lillard, three around Giannis. You're going to have three open guys at the other part of the court. So I think when it comes to Giannis, which is why I think Giannis has a better chance of winning the MVP with Lillard on his team, is he's going to be able to get even clearer lanes, or he should be able to get clearer lanes, less contested shots, because once Damian Lillard hits that paint, you're going to see everybody swarm around him, and whoever's going to be the trailer or the cutter, which more often than not, it's going to be Giannis, he's going to be able to get to the basket a lot easier. And to me, even if the scoring does drop a little bit, I still have him as a main contender for the MVP. I like, what about, I'll ask about, by the way, the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to the World Series. That is like insanity to me. Just absolutely fucking insanity. Uh, I'll be there Monday night. I'm fucking, nice. the first Monday night football game I'm going to go, or I'm going to miss. Um, how dare you? How dare I? And it's the, you know, the, what's the Raiders and, uh, and the Lions. It's actually pretty a decent game. Catch it when I get home because I'll be at the Chase Field for this one. What about the Suns? They they really they made the trade for Durant. It was very interesting last year, but then now getting rid of Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton, and now you're bringing in all these other pieces. And Brad, or, uh, um, I, I don't know why I'm blanking on the Yusuf Nurkic. No, Nurk. Who's the back injury guy? Um, I want to say Bradley Beal. It's not Bradley Beal. No, it is. They brought him. Oh, oh, it's Bradley Beal. Yeah. Okay. Bradley Beal has got a back injury already. He's like, what the fuck? How are the Suns going to shape up? And what what are they missing from the be a championship? I mean, look, I like their depth better this year than I did last year. It's just, here's the problem. I mean, it's not like DeAndre Ayton was a very solid defensive center, but Yusuf Nurkic, although it's proven like in game one here against Kevon Looney, he's doing a good job, but it's Kevon Looney. It's not like it's, Joel Embiid or Jokic or anything like that. Nurkic is not a known defender. He's known as instant offense. He's got a couple of moves to the basket. He'll help you out on the offensive end, but we're seeing him play aggressively. But again, and this is something that you always talk about, especially after just a few weeks in the NFL, when you've got teams that are crushing tight ends, but what tight ends have they faced? Have they faced Kelsey and Andrews or any of those top guys? Or have they faced the crappy guys who we don't even really know or care about? And those numbers are outliers. So that's why, even though he's looking good tonight, Jeff, they get a little bit downgrade defensively. But I do like the Suns' depth because last year they were too top-heavy. It bit them in the ass. And now even getting a guy like Grayson Allen, too. I mean, I know he's a little bit of a chump, but still, he's a good shooting chump. He's a dick, but yes. uh, now <laughs> if you're a Suns fan, he's our dick somehow. Uh, I just he, he's our dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a fuck. Devin it's, Booker should be running the point, and right. it's. It, I don't think it should be Beal. I disagree with those, and even in the Suns organization, that think it should be Bradley Beal. And when I actually talked to, and I recently talked to former NBA player Sam Mitchell 
about this. And I said, why the hell would they have Beal run the point instead of Booker? I've seen Booker run the point. Excellent on the ball. Why not have Booker? And he was saying, well, Booker with his health, then it'll help preserve him. And I don't really believe that, Jeff, even though he yeah. said it. And I was like, yeah, okay, I don't, I don't really believe that. It's bullshit. He should be running the freaking point. He's done it before with this team. He should be able to do it again. And it's let Bradley Beal be your shooting guard. And if oh. you want him on the ball a little bit, that's totally fine. Booker has the speed. He's very good ball handler. I know Beal can handle the rock, but Booker to me is better. I said it in the Discord tonight. It should be point Booker. Point Booker. By the way, another thing with Booker, I, and you tell me if I'm crazy on this, because I've noticed it, that he just uh, – he, he needs to – he won't shoot all the time if he's has to distribute I when like he brings that. it up. Yes. He'll get into modes where he has to, he just wants to shoot all the time. But if you don't make him bring it up every time he gets the ball, he gets very ball hoggy and will just fucking shoot, 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 shoot. He almost needs that other responsibility to keep him honest. You know what I mean? I like that too, Jeff. And you're yeah. absolutely right. And what else is good about him being more on the ball? We can see these guys drive. We know Devin Booker can shoot. But Devin Booker is also a good driver. There are so many of these guards that are essentially forfeiting their driving ability so they can just sit out there on the arc and hit contested threes or try to hit contested threes. Guys like James Harden. James Harden is a fantastic driver. Jeff, you talk about the early 2000s. Guys like okay. Iverson, Jason Kidd. These guys were drive first, and they were great at it. And now a lot of these great driving guards are resorting to jump shooting instead, and it frustrates me. What what's going to happen with James Harden, Fenty? Like, what where's ultimately his recourse here? Man, it's bad. It's bad. And I mean, how are you supposed? How are we supposed to bet on the Sixers for a future? You can't. You no. can't. I mean, even the Clippers, for that matter. I mean, you don't know what the chemistry is going to be like if James Harden, who I'm expecting at the end of the day to go to the Los Angeles Clippers. We don't know what the roster composition is going to be. We don't know if James Harden is going to gel. I got into an argument with someone today that, yeah, James Harden is great when you look at the stats, but he's a chemistry killer. He kills chemistry, and then he takes a dump, doesn't flush the toilet, and leaves. That's what he does. He's that guy. That's my move. Oh, wait. No. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. Oh, that's my, bad. I'm not bad. It's okay. Never flush the toilet. <laughs> never flush it's no, fine but that's what he does but, Jeff. Yeah. he gets he gets bored of his teams he gets sick of his teams and then he's able to hold the team essentially responsible and then he gets traded and it ruins chemistry for a team because when you trade for or you trade a james harden you're either trading a bunch of other pieces along with it or you're getting back a bunch of other pieces if you're sending harden away then you've got to redo the entire rotation yeah, it's you can't win with players like that. And that's the amazing thing in the NBA, especially because one toxic piece, there's only 12, 15 people, you know, and even if you're talking about the G League and players you bring up and will sign during the year, one bad apple spoils the entire bunch, right? There's nowhere you can't ostracize a James Hart. There's nothing you can do. Uh, with that as well. How about some players, Fenstey, who are on the rise here for 2023-24 across the National Basketball Association? Who do you, who are some of your like sleeper players for this year? Man, I mean, the first player that I've got to think about here when it comes to sleeper potential, I, I really do when you look at this Oklahoma City Thunder, I want to see what Jalen Williams can do 
with this team. We saw flashes of him being a solid forward. He's going to have more responsibility, Jeff, for the last couple of years. I've been seeing that I've been saying rather that the guards for Oklahoma city are going to handle the majority of the offense. Jalen Williams at times though was able to prove that he can handle a bigger workload as well because the guards were getting hurt last year a lot. So I'm feeling like he's going to be their main wing. And when you've got Chet Holmgren, who's going to be getting the ball in the post, you're going to see Williams circling around the elbow area, and he's going to get a lot of open mid-range jumpers because of it. That's someone who I'm very, very excited to watch. By the way, another rookie who I'm very excited about too. I want to see what Scoot Henderson does in Portland. Now that all the carnage is is being removed from Portland, Sands, Damian Lillard, Scoot Henderson's going to be running the point. I thought it was going to be Anthony Simons, but they're giving it to Scoot. He's an excellent driver and slasher. He's not as great of a shooter, so that's going to have to develop. But seeing this guy run up and down the floor, Jeff, I'm very excited to see how this new-look Portland team operates. So that's another player. And then you look at the Houston Rockets as well. And you see guys like Jalen Green, too. I want to see how he's able to perform with Fred Van Vliet, who Fred Van Vliet, excellent playmaker, not a great shooter. So he even Fred Van Vliet, when he's driving and the defenses collapse on him, I am so excited to see not only what Jalen Green could do, but maybe my player I'm most excited about from Houston, Jabari Smith. Yes. 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 I love this guy. I love Devin Mobley. I think Jabari, who's going to thrive this year in Cleveland, Jabari Smith, to me, is another less developed version of Evan Mobley. We finally saw him shoot more towards the end of the year. And when I'm seeing this, I'm like, ah, yes, this is why you were a top three pick because of what you're doing right now. Before, it didn't seem like he had an established role. Houston had a lot of forwards. This year, and I couldn't get him in any of my season-long drafts. I'm very sad about it. But, hey, in DFS, for the first few weeks until he's priced up, we're going to be utilizing this guy. I want to see him take the next step, and I believe he can for those power forwards out there. I was was betting on Jabari Smith constantly at the end of last season. Just he was always under the radar, always under the radar. He had, like – the fancy guru subscribers will know. Jabari Smith, 10-plus points – I hit this fuck like fucking 10 days in a row. Bing, 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 bing. It was a fucking cast register because, like you said, so undervalued as well. I'm going to give Justin Fensterman. I'm going to give you what you mentioned, Fred VanVleet, and I just love this. Here's something I found with him and digging into him last year, Fensty. I think there's a situation with VanVleet with his eyes. The backdrop matters. Certain stadiums, this guy's like a 46% three-point shooter. And others, he's like 26%. It's a wide range of shooting. There's some stadiums that he goes to that he shoots fucking lights out. And there are others that I, I watch the game and see him missing wide open threes and just like, holy shit, family can't get it together. And it was like after kind of riding with him a little bit that I dug in and said, man, there's – Something here because historically this guy's been in the league seven years, something like that. And so go look into that fence. No, I will. I will. But that's one of the reasons why I backed off on the PRAs and I just started to go after his assist props for a little bit. Yeah. And that's what you have to do. I mean, you could, we gotta, you, there are guards in this league that are smart enough and mainly aware because remember they're running on all kinds of adrenaline when they're on the court. 
but there are some guards that are able to look from an outsider's perspective and say, hey, it's just not my night shooting the basketball. Right. So I'm just going to be the passer. And if it's a shoot first point guard, they're going to serve as the decoy now. So they'll draw in the defender, maybe the second defender, then they'll pass off every single time and someone else will get the higher percentage shot. And that results in dimes. And that's where when we see these point guards who aren't shooting well, instead of trying even in a good matchup at a pace up spot to go after their PRAs, let's just hammer those assists. Let's find one category so we can win the bet and not have to worry about their shooting percentage. What's your favorite bet to make for NBA? My favorite bet, just what kind of bet in general? Yeah, like what's your favorite? Like just I, type I of bet. Like, I like points, rebounds, bets. I like PRAs PRA? a lot. I don't just know PR. Yes, me. Yeah. I mean, I like PRAs as well, but PRs definitely because for some reason, and I don't, I mean, as much basketball as I watch, maybe because when I was a kid, I was the tallest kid in the grade, and I was always the Dikembe Mutombo center. Yes. When in basketball, so I focused more on the power forwards and centers. But I understand the big men a little bit more than I do the guards. And guards are a lot more volatile, exact, because they're they're trying to set up, especially those point guards, their other players. And with the big men, they're constantly, a lot of them setting up in the post as well. And that's why when I see a nice low number and where if I see that someone could get, let's say the PR number is 19 and a half, someone could get me 12 and eight in a good matchup against a soft front court that I feel like I'm able to read that matchup better than I am for a point guard or even a shooting guard, which is nightmarish. I, I like that a lot. I love uh, just like with NFL. I love, I live on the alt lines. I always take, you know, slight less players. I also love one thing I learned last year. And I know I've talked about you in private about this is that, the regular season, and we saw it tonight, the first two NBA games going on. We saw LeBron James, as Fenty mentioned, limited. What do you get, 29 minutes or whatever? Yeah. In, the, in the regular season, and this is where I picked Justin's mind last year, and I'm going to be, uh, Justin, keep your, I'm going to buy you a separate cell phone just for me. Like a Dude, I was going to ask you afterwards <laughs> if I could call you to talk yeah. a little bit more. I know you're really busy. You always could do it. So the thing is, like, it's role players. Find the player like Chris Dunn. I told you last year I made a fortune on Chris Dunn, who took over the second team offense for the Jazz. Just uh, he he was signed off the the street and was getting me like you know I, I forgot what I would bet. I think I bet like eight points and you know and, and everything because he was just coming in instant offense for him. Players like that, those role players. When you, we know a superstar sitting or a superstar is limited or it's back to back. Look at the upcoming schedule. Man, there is some real money to be made in those backup player props, Justin. So. Oh, absolutely. And you mentioned the Jazz who lost their guards. I mean, Jordan Clarkson got hurt. Colin yeah. Sexton also got hurt. They had traded Conley away. So they didn't really have anybody. And unfortunately, someone who I thought, and this was a little bit of a miss of mine from last year, who I thought was going to get a lot more opportunity than he did, Ochai Abaji, he didn't really – performer he didn't really flourish like i thought he would because he wasn't getting the minutes and then when he finally got the minutes he needed those reps to further develop so guys like taylor horton tucker and even and, and even chris dunn like you mentioned we were crushing it in props because those numbers remain low because no one was really thinking about how jordan clarkson and colin sexton were out so yeah. someone had to bring up the ball at that point and it wasn't going to be lowry marketing and it just, for a while, those lines were low. But then, especially even in DFS, 
Horton Tucker started getting a lot more expensive. So, okay, let's just now let's pivot. There's Chris Dunn. He keeps getting 10-day contracts. He's getting 20 to 25 (laughs) minutes. Jeff, we're looking for our players, whether we're betting on them or in DFS, we want 20 minutes. To me, 20 minutes signifies a true rotation commitment. I try not to, even in shorter slates, I try not to play players that are going to get fewer than 20 minutes. Fewer than 20s. Now, all right, so 20s, the uh, the cap. That's what we're looking for. And we're looking for specific roles, right? Because, I mean, that's yep. the thing. We know how we learn as the season goes, how these coaches are planning on using the players and what they envision for them, what they need from them off the bench specifically. And, again, this is stuff Justin knows, and I'm learning as we go, just like all of you. That's why I'm super excited about our product over at fantasyguru.com. Man, Fancy, I-, I can't keep you much longer. It's been a you know an hour and a half. I feel like we're just getting started, to be honest with you here. But uh, it's awesome, dude. It's great. How's the football season treating you thus far? It's okay. Let's say betting's a little bit better than fantasy, man. I just, and here's the part of the problem, Jeff. And I don't know, I forget where you stand on this. When you have multiple teams, so I have, and I've cut down tremendously over the last couple of years. When you have seven season long teams, I don't believe in full diversification where, because then you're rooting for and against yourself every week. So I kind of like you develop your core four. I developed my own like core five or six, six players that I want multiple shares of. And I don't try to get four or five of the seven leagues, but I try to get maybe two to three shares of that player. And, you know, with some of these guys that I've been going in on just hasn't worked out too well. I mean, Geno Smith, someone who I thought, yes, there was going to be some regression, but not too much a 10th round pick. And just hasn't been working out too well for me, man. And unfortunately I went in on Deontay Johnson in a couple of leagues too, thinking that somehow, some way he was going to find his way to even get one touchdown. He hurts himself in the first week of the season. And that kills you right there when you have multiple issues to start off the year. So it hasn't been the best year, Jeff, but I don't give up on my teams and no one should give up on their teams. You've committed for the season. Even if your teams are over for life for the sanctity of the league and for the balance of the league, you keep doing your due diligence and setting that lineup. Always play spoiler at the, there's not there. I mean, next to winning a championship, winning championships, obviously while we all play and what we're all hoping to accomplish. If short of that, there is nothing sweeter than knocking your buddy or friend or coworker or whoever out. There's nothing better. It is fucking delicious. It is just the best of the best when you are able to do that. So, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of that myself, and thus, you know, I'm I, I'm I like it a lot. And you know, keep going, keep grinding. This year, every week seems like its own season, and every week's going to be a little bit different. And there's going to be new injuries and new obstacles. So stick with it, everybody. Justin Fetzman also writes our injury reports for NFL over at FantasyGuru.com. He's reporting on everything Wednesday through Friday, including a big Friday write-up. That's the official. NFL weekly, you know, not inactive, but the injury reports. So uh, make sure you check him out right there. Fensty, I got to give people a survivor team. I don't know if you know this, Fensty. I'm in that Circa Survivor pool, you know, the big uh, thing that, that through Circa Sportsbook, $9.2 million on the line. And I think there was 9,200 people in it, and we're down to like just over 1,000. Wow. Nice. So, 
And uh, I got I got multiple entries in that bad boy. So, uh, you know, let's uh, we may be rolling large uh, come Christmas time this year uh, when I normally get into basketball. I may be fucking doing the 5K every single day. We shall see. But in the Survivor this week, I skated by last week. I got both Cleveland and Seattle through. That was uh, very lucky to get Cleveland through. This week, I think I'm going to attack my Bears on Sunday Night Football with the Chargers. Bajan ain't bad. The Bears aren't playing bad football right now. The Chargers are always a scary team to use, but in a contest of this magnitude and when you're in a survivor pool, Fensty, you got to take it. You got to pick when to trust the untrustable teams. And I think this is a matchup coming off of consecutive losses that the Chargers can win. Do you think that a lot of people, because you know how it is when people read the headlines and that's it, because I saw something cross the wire that what apparently Staley and the defense might not be on the same page. It could be all bullshit and stuff like that. But when you see stuff like that, especially locker room related things, does that impact you at all when it comes to picking a survivor team that there might not be harmony, full harmony on a team, or you think that's all just sometimes it, it all depends on what I think in this case, it's fairly obvious that state the, the defense isn't a fan of Staley. Remember Staley runs the same similar defense to Vic Fangio. He had the number one defense with the Rams before coming over to the Chargers. So he's an adequate and above average defensive mind. Just guys like Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa just want to show up when they want to show up. And Derwin James is always hurt when he's in there this season. He's sucked. So I I think there is locker room dysfunction, I think for sure. And I think he has lost the team. But I'm not going to, in a contest where you have to use the very minimum 18 of the 32 teams, right? If you make it all the way through. And by the way, in Circa, you have to do Thanksgiving. You have to do Christmas, some of the short slates as well. So you're actually using 20 of the 32, you know, you got, that's why I used Cleveland last week. I'm like, I'm never going to use Cleveland again. I felt very strongly with Watson. So I got lucky as hell on that one, but I, I think Chargers would be my first choice. If you have Miami left, I'm pretty confident in them. Philadelphia, even though it's on the road against Washington, always a dangerous situation, not bad, but you probably have used them. And then Baltimore who looked amazing last week, uh, thrashing the Detroit Lions at home now against the Arizona Cardinals. I'm very confident if you haven't used the Ravens. So I'd probably go Chargers, Ravens in that order. And then if you haven't used the Eagles would be my third fence. What do you think of those? I mean, I'm fine with that as long as, like, Jeff, I'm sure you're still a you're a long-running Cleveland Browns fan as well. <laughs> yes. that, that defense, man, yeah, is scary. Good. Yeah. That was that was a statement right there when they yeah. took care of the Niners. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, Cleveland's got something this year. They really do. If Watson, if Watson was interested and could stay healthy and all, there that's a team that's serious title contenders. But just they can't. It's I not, heard you talking about that. You're Watson. you're a cheerleader. You're cheerleading <laughs> on the sidelines. You're injured. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, Mal? Oh, I love the irony with this bullshit. I love Bryce Young is hurt. He's got a sprained ankle, but he's running around the sidelines all fucking game. Uh, give me a break. You, he's not fucking year, hurt. A few years ago, here's yeah. a story from, oh, from yeah. Elite Sports. A few years ago, <laughs> we didn't get a report that David Johnson was hurt. And that the Cardinals were planning on not playing him. Mm -hmm. And we, none of us knew this. And 
we all of a sudden the game starts. He, I forget if he was active, but not playing or just inactive. And it was called last second. And then one of the beat writers, I believe it was like Darren urban or something like that yeah. from azcardinals.com goes, ha ha. We've known about this for days. Uh-huh. I remember seeing that. And I went, Ooh. Cause I knew Monday, I, I knew you were going to see up. that and you were going to light these beat reporters up. On fire. Yeah. <laughs> and you did. Oh yeah. Uh, they are that, that is a job I take seriously. I did it, covered the white Sox from 2003, 2004, you know, as a stringer, I just reported to the beat writer, you know, I just did the dirty work and that's a job that's serious business. And there's a lot of integrity needed to do even you know what the job I did as a stringer compared to a beat writer, that's serious business. And these people don't want serious business. They want to be friends. They just want to be in the room. You know, they're like, I don't know if you've seen Hamilton in the room where it happens. That's where fucking all these beat writers want to be. And they don't want to actually do their job and report to people that need the information. And if that's what they want to do, I got no time for them. That's why I don't even have them on my show anymore. Right. right. Like, I'm just like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to, pred- I, I, even on Sunday mornings, don't tell Bob, but I, I sit there. I'm like, I'm, it's fun, but I'm just playing a game where I'm just, I'll ask you the question. I know you don't know. Right. I know that you know, you don't know. You don't know that I know, but we'll just do the dance and Kenny Pickett. Right. Well, don't don't troll us though by saying, "Oh, we we've known this yeah. for the last few days." Then do oh. your damn job yeah. and inform us. They don't want, but then they wouldn't be invited in. Right. Exactly. They wouldn't get the the nice uh, commissary spread. They or uh, whatever the uh, vendor services. They wouldn't get that. I mean, it's all just bullshit, and it annoys the ever loving hell out of me. Uh real quick. Also, bet of the week Thursday night football. Yikes! Bucks and Bills. Mm. I, I'm, I know it's not popular, but I'm back in the bills at home on Thursday night. That place is going to be rocking no matter what. The The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were frauds. We knew that Baker Mayfield's not real. You know, uh, it's just not. So give me the bills minus six and a half. Give me under 48 and a half points scored in the game. Both defenses are very strong in this one. I'm hoping Von Miller does play, though. He's come down with some midweek injury. I'm sure Fenster will report on that on fantasyguru.com but that bet bills minus six and a half under 48 and a half it's a plus 125 right now if you bet it so uh that's my single game parlay for thursday uh survivor teams chargers ravens eagles throwing the dolphins obviously if you haven't used them though uh i think you probably used the dolphins by now but who the frick knows. Uh, not a lot of football this episode, but we talked hoops. We're talking hoops every single day over at fantasyguru.com. Justin Fensterman, our NBA lead, Armando Marsal, Scott Bonder, Chris Rose, Mike the Beard, Serge Singh. We've got an outstanding team of NBA analysts over there. I'm very proud of this product, ladies and gentlemen. And you know, I don't blow smoke because have you seen me? promote nba the last few years i'm not that anybody's done bad work or sloppy work but this is a product that we're going to help people win money and we're going to help you enjoy the game of basketball again and we got somebody who's passionate and is there every single day in justin fenceman fancy tell everybody where they could find you on social and on the radio and everywhere 
Sure. So on social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, I now now known as X, of course, at Fensty Sports. You can yeah. always track me down there and always as well at fantasyguru.com. In fact, Jeff, every single Wednesday, and if there's a Wednesday I won't be able to do this, I'll note this in the Discord. I'm going to write a huge message about it tomorrow, Jeff, of course, with your blessing. But I want to start Watch Along Wednesdays. Every Ooh. single Wednesdays, I want everybody to go yeah. into the DFS NBA Discord channel for Fantasy Guru because I'm going to be sitting in there for multiple hours, watching a couple of these games, literally just reacting to what I'm seeing and how I'm viewing the game as a whole. Because a few of you have already asked me, well, Fensty, what do you look for when you watch games? And rather than just telling you, why don't we experience it together? And I need all of your help because I can't watch all these games at once. I'll take a couple of games. Some of you take other games. Let me know what's going on. You be my update anchor and let me know how everybody looks. So Jeff, we're going to do watch along Wednesdays, every single Wednesday when the slate starts and it's going to have man's cave rules, meaning unless someone's ruled out and we have to do analysis, this is all reactionary. This is all just talking about the games, talking about basketball, talking about how these teams look. It's not as much a Q and a it's more of just a conversation and let's get involved because, Hey, this is why I'm here. I want to hang with you and I want to watch some basketball with you. And we're going to be doing it every single Wednesday. Watch along Wednesday in the Fantasy Guru Discord. And then every Sunday, you can find me on Fantasy Sports Radio Sirius XM Channel 87, also simulcasted on NFL Radio Sirius XM Channel 88. I'm on with Michael Fabiano, 7 a.m. Eastern for Fantasy Football Game Day Morning. Yeah, buddy. I love it at Fantasy Sports. Always a pleasure, Justin. Man, it seems like we just got started, brother. We'll have to have you back on. I appreciate you doing this very much and look forward to a great year of NBA and the rest of the NFL season as well. Well, Jeff, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be working with you again. It's a very full circle moment, and I'm ready to cash some winners, man. I can't wait. I'm so pumped that the season's begun. If only Kevon Looney had more rebounds, then we could be <laughs> right. uh, really enjoying it. Although I'll tell you this, uh, I am just one away from sweeping the board, one rebound away as we speak. So, hey, you never know. Maybe we do get lucky in some fourth quarter magic here on an NBA day. But for the great folks, Justin Fetz from one of the best and brightest. Remember, fantasyguru.com. Get the NBA package. You could upgrade. Support at fantasyguru.com. Ted Schuster will handle all your upgrades. He'll make sure you don't overpay. We'll give you the biggest discount possible. We just want more people in the door and to enjoy this wonderful product of ours and the VIP Platinum so that all the new data that we have, all the new programs, which, by the way, little uh, little birdie, brand new show with Kyle L. Frank and Ray Flowers launching on uh, our YouTube channel very, very shortly and the Elite Plus Network as well. So I'm anxious for that. You guys want everything. Get that VIP platinum plan over at fantasyguru.com. Follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Folks, remember, you may disagree with some or maybe every damn thing you heard on today's program. And folks, that's perfectly all right. Why? You know why? It's just one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. For Jeff Fetzman, this is Jeff Mans. See you next time. Do so.